Hey, I'm John. And I'm Becky. And this is the We Are For Good podcast. Nonprofits are faced with more challenges to accomplish their missions and the growing pressure to do more, raise more, and be more for the causes that improve our world. We're here to learn with you from some of the best in the industry, bringing the most innovative ideas, inspirational stories, all to create an impact uprising. So welcome to the good community. We're nonprofit professionals, philanthropists, world changers, and rabid fans who are striving to bring a little more goodness into the world. So let's get started. Hey, Becky, what's happening? I am so excited that we are talking to an incredible podcaster who is also a believer in their mission. Guys, you are about to hear an incredible story of that belief that we talk about. When you start to build movements, you have to start from the inside out. And today we are introducing you to our friend, Stephen Hackett. He was referred to us by an incredible good friend subscriber, Matthew Reynolds, and he is the co-founder of Relay FM. But let me tell you a little something about Stephen. He did something rather extraordinary. He's co-founded and host all of these podcasts on Relay FM. And y'all probably know that platform because you're a podcast listener. It's a brilliant independent podcast network for people who are creative, curious, maybe even a little obsessive. That sounds like (laughs) us, John. (laughs) So, but you know, they cover things like, you know, companies from Apple and Google. They talk about robotics in the space industry. However, Stephen took his belief into something that was very personal within his family. And he has started an incredible podcast-a-thon that has raised more than $2.2 million for St. Jude since 2019. And so today we are just so excited to bring another podcaster on, talk about what fuels him, what fueled this incredible uh, growth of community to pour into this mission. This is a story about community, collective giving, and it's just a great source of inspiration as all of you are gearing up for Giving Tuesday and all of your giving campaigns. So tune in, get comfortable because Stephen Hackett, we are so eager to hear about your story. Welcome to the We Are For Good podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's always fun to be in a podcast that I'm not responsible for you know, hosting or editing. <laughs> right. You can just sit back Pressure's and say off. whatever the hell you want. So <laughs> welcome. But we want to know the story. We want to know what would take someone who is a podcast host and really inspire them to take that leap of faith and say, I believe so deeply in something that I'm going to create an eight hour podcast-a-thon event, which by the way, as content creators, I'm trying to think about creating eight consecutive (laughs) hours worth of content. John, are you not (laughs) like overwhelmed by it? Yeah. But I know this comes from a very personal place. So take us back and tell us where you grew up and what really led you to really launch this incredible community-based effort. Yeah, I'm I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. It's my hometown. I've I've always lived here. Uh, my wife and I are high school sweethearts, and we got married oh, in college. Oh my gosh! And uh, after we got married, our first son came along, Josiah. And when he was six months of age, we went to one of those you know well baby checkup. Right, you go to the pediatrician. You're kind of like, okay, this is where they are. And the pediatrician had some concerns about some milestones that at six months our son should have been approaching, and he and he wasn't. And that concern turned into, hey, we're going to just do some tests. And then 72 hours later, we discovered that our uh, our six-month-old had uh, a diagnosis of brain cancer, had a pretty large brain tumor oh, as an infant. So it was a, a really rough entry into parenting for, for Mary and I. And, um, 
and to sort of skip to the end a little bit, that was in 2009. So what is that? Uh, 13, 14 years ago. Uh, but now Josiah is getting ready to be 15 and is doing awesome. And that's because of the work at St. Jude. And so now as a podcaster, I've been doing this for about 12 years, being able to take our podcasting and our content and our people and our community and sort of aim them all in the direction of St. Jude to raise money, support and awareness is something that felt like a really natural move for us when we started doing it about five years ago. Holy heck. I mean, yeah, as fellow parents, we're sitting over here trying to process in real time what that had to be like. And just on this side of the story, obviously, there's so much gratitude to be in your hometown, an organization like St. Jude. You know, I Mm -hmm. just, the resource that was there, I can see that your belief that came through that journey, but just also how you've seen the community surround this mission. What was it like translating that personal belief into something that you took to other people? What was that original organizing like? How'd you get started? Yeah, so for for years, my wife and I organized and sort of managed a marathon team. St. Jude has this big marathon every year here in Memphis. And I started through my blog and through some of my shows just kind of talking about that and like, hey, we're doing this thing. If you'd you know, like to donate to that, that would be awesome. And we raised some good money that way. But about six years ago, I ran into a buddy of mine from college who works at St. Jude. And Mike Hurley, my business partner at Relay, he and I had kind of been talking about, you know, what would it look like if we did sort of a telethon and raised money for St. Jude? And honestly, y'all, we were just going to do it. Like we were just going to pick a date and maybe do like four hours and play some video games on stream or whatever and try to raise some money. But when I ran into my friend, I, I mentioned this idea. And I'm sure you guys have had this experience. Sometimes you mention an idea or a thought to exactly the right person at the right time. And it turns out there was a a new part of the organization that was really interested in working with content creators and influencers to build out campaigns to reach these communities. And so really things fell right in line. So starting in 2019, we began sort of this formal relationship with St. Jude as a fundraising partner, their first podcasting fundraising partner, which is really cool. Really? Go y'all. They have so many now. (laughs) Good on you. Yeah. The the team has really taken what we've done and been able to to duplicate it in other communities, which is just fantastic. So it really started as this this thing of just, hey, we're going to talk about St. Jude. We're going to do the first podcast-a-thon, that live show that you mentioned. Uh, We did the first one in 2019. And the one this year is 12 hours. So we're deciding to, to really swing for the fences this time. Ooh, and yeah, get gosh. your Red Bull. This yeah, awesome. no, it's a, it's a <laughs> caffeine-heavy day. <laughs> <laughs> and so throughout the month of September, we're talking about St. Jude's mission, sharing about what they do, raising funds. And then the podcast-a-thon is sort of a celebration towards the end of the month to, to not only do something visual, because our medium is completely audio. Like we, we don't do video podcasts. We're just audio. And so it's a, it's a stretch for us. uh, But it is, it is so much fun to be able to do it and work with amazing team members, both at Relay FM and at St. Jude to pull it off. Okay. There is so much I want to talk about right here. One, (laughs) just on behalf of, of a a community that believes so deeply in generosity and philanthropy and pouring in, 
to things that matter, I just want to thank you and your partner, Mike, just for diving into this. But I also want to say to our listener base, we have talked a lot this year about one of our trends is lock arms for impact. And I got to like point out a couple things that you did that I think are really extraordinary. One, bravo to to, uh, St. Jude's for just releasing the control and letting you run. Do you remember when we had Mary-Kate Tolan on, John, do you know what episode that was? Number nine. We're on episode like 470. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, (laughs) we got to know St. Jude so early and we know they're just such a prolific fundraising and community-based organization. But the fact that they allowed you just to run and interpret their mission through your eyes, through your experience, it really was a magnet to other people. And so I think that looking, and this is the controlling person talking to you out there, and I have to learn to let go, y'all. But when you let go and let your believers really interpret your mission and run with it in a way that's personal to them, it creates such a ripple. And we want those ripples because they're going to get into spaces that we cannot get. So bravo to you for that. And I'm just really curious about how you've galvanized this support. I mean, $2.2 million you have raised in in what I would say is such a love song to Josiah and to Hmm. all these families probably that you met. What have you seen that's really resonated with those supporters, with those believers over time? What are the key tenets that you've, that have kind of made your eyebrow quirk? Yeah, one thing we've really talked about is how to share the comprehensive story about St. Jude. Uh, for, for one, I'm just one patient dad out of uh, thousands. And so while we talk about our story very early on, it was important to me for this campaign to be bigger than just my family. That was a, a good seed Love for that. our community. But very quickly, I realized I want to talk about the science and research. I want to talk about St. Jude's international reach. Uh, I want to talk about all these other things that the organization does. A bunch of that stuff, I never interacted with, right? Like I've never been in a clinic in another country that is using St. Jude's research and treatment options developed here in my own backyard. And so we realized, okay, we can, we can plant the seed, we can root it in my story, but we want to expand past that. And that's really where having a really good partnership with St. Jude comes in, where we've got an entire team of people there that do these sorts of activations and campaigns and we can work with them to access science and scientists and researchers and doctors and patient families and really tell the whole story. But of course, that is not to take away the personal emotional impact that a, a nonprofit like St. Jude has, right? You're talking about kids who are diagnosed with a catastrophic disease at a young age. And while St. Jude has done a lot to move the needle in terms of survivor survivor rate. So when St. Jude opened in 1962, it was 20% survivor rate. Now it's 80. So we can celebrate that and talk about that, but also like, hey, y'all, there's still that 20%. And that 20% is not evenly distributed around the world. If your child is diagnosed with cancer in parts of the world, that survivor rate is way lower. And so it's important to us to sort of take this mission and the really, the broadness of it and figure out a way to tell all those stories sort of in a comprehensive way. And we're really fortunate that we get to work with professionals at St. Jude. I'm not a professional fundraiser. Like, I talk about computers on the internet for a living. But being able to, <laughs> to partner with really good people who this mission is their, their life's work and to, to stand on their shoulders is a real honor. 
Well, I got to call this out because also St. Jude is evolved to know that when they partner with you, they let you do the thing that you're gifted at too. And I think that Mm -hmm. takes an evolved nonprofit to recognize as an influencer, you have your own voice in this. You're bringing your own flavor to this, which is the beauty of it, you know, and and you can bring your community alongside you. So, I mean, explain this whole notion of a podcast-a-thon. Like, what what does it look like? What does it set it apart? And what do people expect when they're part of this? Yeah, so we really wanted to sort of take the idea of the old telethon, right? Where you would have... Like Jerry Lewis. I mean, I'm yeah. seeing <laughs> like it picturing. in the 80s, yes. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? We all grew up watching those. And we wanted to take that idea of sort of a variety hour, you know, fun and games type event, but do it in our context. So with the podcast hosts that we work with, with the content that we work with covering consumer technology, and sort of take that old idea and, and remix it in a new way. So the first one was really simple. It was me and my partner on a stage. Uh, St. Jude has amazing production facilities and we were able to to host all, all five of them have been on St. Jude's campus. Even through COVID, we we're able to make that work. And having uh, my partner and I and, and other people we work with be a part of it where it's this wacky mix of, of games and challenges, but we're also talking about our content. We're fortunate in the timing so for me, uh, the new iPhone is like the tech Super Bowl. Um, and yeah. so we can bring in our tech content and then we can talk about St. Jude. We can interview people uh, associated with the hospital, but then go back to, you know, something else tech related. Like it's this big event with lots of energy and lots of hype in our community. And it's it's been really successful. The bulk of the money we raise is outside of the podcastathon because we do this for the entire month of September. But during the podcastathon, we usually raise about a hundred grand, and so we're doing donation challenges and and engaging people who are watching the live stream to to be involved. And it was just this idea of like, hey, we're going to take this old format and kind of apply like our sensibilities to it and sort of our our brand wackiness to it. And it's it's been really successful. <laughs> we've it. we've got thousands of people who watch it every year. Um, I always release the audio of it. And I made a joke on a show a couple of weeks ago that you kind of have to be a sicko to listen to an eight hour video show, <laughs> but people do it. Like, I don't, I don't know who's doing that, but it's really become this like moment of celebration and fun for our community and also a really powerful tool to fundraise. I'm just so proud of you. Like, <laughs> and I don't mean that like, you know, to, to project anything that's insincere because you've really reimagined peer-to-peer fundraising for me. I think a lot of people are probably listening right now when they think about peer-to-peer fundraising in the traditional sense, they're thinking somebody who's got their Facebook fundraiser going for their favorite charities mm-hmm. run-a-thon. Or I think about like somebody starting a campaign on Pledge or Give Butter and inviting all their families. But you literally took this fundraiser to the place where you hang out with the people who already know and trust you, which is very, very interesting. And I think the whimsy in it, the joyfulness in it, the, the gamification of it made it so tenable and uh, something that your audience wanted to be a part of. And I think it's so ridiculous that, that they wanted to be a part of it. I would want to be something, Mm -hmm. part of something so ridiculously wonderful as well. And so I want you to talk about what have you learned about the power of community in fundraising through this movement. What has their support and encouragement um, meant to you and to the wider community? You know, as you're raising funds for St. Jude and your team, what what's resonated with you? 
I think the biggest thing I've I've come away from all of this is that if you can tell a good story about the mission and you can show people like you're putting, I mean, your money where your your mouth is and, and really putting a lot of effort into it, that when you can have an, a community buy into that and own it themselves, that's when you really find true success. So you mentioned peer-to-peer fundraising. We've been doing that for a couple of years now as part of this campaign. So a listener to one of our shows can set up a sub-campaign and they can raise money sort of, sort of through those more traditional channels. But what's been so amazing to see over the last couple of years is members of our community just doing wild things in their in their campaigns. Uh, we had a guy a few years ago, he's actually a moderator in our member Discord, and he's a big, a big woodworking guy. And so he was doing giveaways of some cutting boards and things he was doing, but he had also moved into a new woodworking shop. And one of his things was for every X dollars raised, I'm going to put a St. Jude sticker on one of my new tools. He had just bought all this new stuff for his woodworking shop. And now his woodworking shop, it's like kind of hard to look at pictures of it because it's just like cover, everything's covered in stickers. <laughs> oh gosh, it's like a awesome. van wrap. Yeah. Yes, yeah. totally. But now it's like part of what he does. Like anytime he's, he streams some of his woodworking stuff, that St. Jude stuff is always there. And he's become like a real part of this fundraiser through his unique way of and what he's doing in his life. And so we've been really fortunate that members of our community have have that much buy-in and are really doing things above and beyond just donating. Because obviously that's what we want, but I also want people to be excited about the the work of St. Jude and think about it more than just in September, right? That, mm-hmm. yeah, it's awesome. We're going to do this this month, but we really want our community to kind of be almost thinking year round about what could I do next year? You know, what, what, how could we take this to the next level? Because I'm doing it almost year round now. Like the right. podcast is going to take seven or eight months to plan at this point. And, and so if, if we can all, if it can just kind of become part of the lexicon and the relay community, that's fantastic. Now we're fortunate because we have that audience already, right? Cause we've been doing this a really long time and we've, we've built that trust and relationship with our listeners. And so when it came time for us to say, hey, this is something we really believe in, you know, a bunch of them already knew my story because I've just talked about it over the years, but we're going to put like our full weight and effort behind this. And we want y'all to come along with us. Everyone was on board because we've had that relationship for so long. And that can be hard to get to that point. But once you're there, it can be a really powerful thing. You say you're not a fundraiser, Stephen Hackett, but you are <laughs> spitting out some evolved truth. And and I, I don't want anyone to miss it because what you're doing to build belief for an extended period of time where people are still talking about it, not during campaign season, when people are still activating on it, it's become cultural and it becomes a part of their like giving his identity. We talk about that a lot this year. Mm-hmm. And I just have to say on this, lastly, you have evolved so well. And I'm wondering if St. Jude helped you because even on your landing page, which you know has the wonderful thermometer that I can't wait to see is blown out of the water. You talk about employer match. You've got links for employer match. You've got a matching donation challenge. You have donor advice fund links mm-hmm. in there. You guys are getting very philanthropically savvy. And the beauty of that is you're educating your audience about that too. So I just noticed that and I wanted to call it out and say, y'all out in the listening audience, you can do this too. I'm empowering you. 
Yeah, some of those things are in response to what was happening in the community. So as you may imagine, a tech-focused network, we have a lot of people who work in tech who listen to us. And almost all of those big companies have matching donation funds. In fact, most companies do. Like, you don't have to work at some big tech company. Like, a lot of places have that. And so we realized really the second year, like, oh, gosh, like there's this is actually like a pretty big thing we could tap into. And so we've worked over the years uh, through our partners at St. Jude to make that easier for people to do, right? Because maybe you got to go to some HR platform or you've got to, you know, email this person or that person. So we try to have those resources there available. Uh, Same thing with the donor advised fund, right? Not It was not something I was familiar with before we started this journey, but we had some people make some sizable gifts through that avenue. And so that this is new for that landing page of this year where we're able to kind of get those pieces together this year to tell people like, hey, you know, if, if this is kind of where you are, this is how you give, then we can do that too, right? You don't have to, you don't even have to let me know it's you, right? In fact, some of that stuff is like direct relationship between the person donating in St. Jude and I'm maybe not even aware of all of it. And so we, we just want to meet people where they are and make it really easy for people to give. Uh, an example that we wrestled with a few years ago was the addition of Apple Pay. So it's big in the tech community, right? Google Pay, Samsung Pay, they're all very similar. And we really appreciates it over here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, hey, I, I'm, I'm all about it. And so we were able to, using the platform we use, add Apple Pay a few years ago. And people were all about it and loved it. And Apple Pay was a pretty big chunk of the, the giving uh, ever since. And so we try to be uh, very sensitive to what the community is telling us they want or things that they need. You know, so if, if you start a campaign underneath ours, we have a lot of resources now to help you get started. And so we we want to take away as many challenges as we can to make it really easy to fundraise and really easy to donate however people want to. Again, y'all are so brilliant. And, you know, this listening audience around our podcast is powered by change makers. I mean, that's why a lot of us got into this work, but in our personal passions too. So I want to ask you kind of a two for question as we start to round out. But like, what what advice would you give somebody that wants to start something like this, whether it's a unique campaign or some kind of initiative? And then the second piece is what do nonprofits need to be doing to make this relationship really work? Because I can see, I mean, you're so many years down the line and you're still so happy about this partnership. What does that look like? And what kind of resources are the nonprofits giving you or support that you're giving you that, that really makes it feel like a win-win? I think the, the most important thing is to, to find the thing that makes you tick, right? So for me and for my, my partner and my family, it's St. Jude, right? My, my wife and I have been involved for so long now, and it was just a natural extension to bring the company into it. But, you know, it's a lot of hard work and there's a lot of long meetings and long hours trying to figure this stuff out. And if we weren't passionate about it, it would be really hard to, to see that through. But way more importantly, the audience knows, like whoever you, whoever you are, whoever your audience is, whoever you're trying to reach, they know if you're faking your enthusiasm or not. Because yep. it's really easy to see that, especially over a long period of time. Like this campaign runs four to five weeks. And we're doing it for five years. If we weren't super excited about it, people would have caught on by now and it wouldn't be as successful. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so we really spend a lot of time and energy just internally making sure that, hey, even though this is really busy and there's a lot of stuff going on, that we are aligned with the mission internally, just like in here. So people can see that when we talk about it. 
In terms of what nonprofits should be doing, uh, I think I go back to what I said a second ago about being sensitive to what the audience is actually telling you, because they're not always going to say it loudly, right? They're not always going to send you an email and say, I want this, this, and that. But it's about knowing your people, whoever they are, and it's about knowing where they are and the tools that they are wanting or needing to make this possible. And so I think I think some people get discouraged. You know, they, uh, Becky, you mentioned like, hey, I put this thing on my Facebook page and like nothing happened. Well, you got to show that you're passionate about it and then you got to meet people where they are, right? It's the reason like schools have, you know, book fairs or whatever, right? It's like, oh yeah, like kids like books, we're raising money, we can put these two things together and it makes a lot of sense, right? So really knowing your audience, knowing where they are, um, I think that's the most important thing. And I, I think it's easy for people in the nonprofit world. I mean, I've got a lot of nonprofit experience beyond the scope of this conversation. I think it's really easy to kind of get into our own heads and into our own mission so far that we sort of lose sight of the the context that the people we're trying to reach are in. And I think that can be that can be problematic. And so I think really understanding where you fit in, where your people are is just huge. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I'm i just curious from the nonprofit perspective, like how did St. Jude equip you? Like what did they give you? What did that partnership look like? And I know there's people listening right now that says, you know, who approached who and, and what kind of assets do I give an influencer that can be mm-hmm. helpful? Yeah, so we work really closely with our with our partners there. And there's a lot of nuts and bolts stuff, right? So we spend a lot of time like, what's the campaign artwork going to look and feel like? And we work with their designers and our designer and figure out what that's going to be. You know, St. Jude's a little bit different than some other nonprofits. They are very, I think they're, they do a very good job with their brand. And so we have mm-hmm. to play within the sandbox of their brand guidelines. But uh, even if that's not your, your MO, you know, having those resources available, like, hey, we're going to share stuff on stories or reels or whatever. Okay, like, well, can we help you or can we just hand off to you assets that work in those formats, right? Can we help you or give you talking points and language to use that we have found successful in the past? And so we work with them on all that stuff. Uh, When we talk about St. Jude on our shows, we have several different sort of ad scripts that we give to our host and then they're free to talk however they want to. But giving them, hey, you know, here's a handful of numbers that we want to focus on this week about St. Jude's international work, right? And so we can give them real hard information and it helps them tell their story, but backed with like actual information. Yeah. And so St. Jude, we work really closely with them, uh, both on the visual assets and the sort of the the language of the campaign. And I would say... Lastly, what they're what they're really good at, what our, what our team there is really excels at, is pushing us into new ideas and new areas. And so, while the podcastathon was initially our idea, what it looks like today, the the fifth one, there's so many things in that show that didn't come out of my brain or my business partner's brain. It came from our team at St. Jude because they're also working with us and thinking through these different ideas with us. And so it's a very collaborative process in in terms of how do we talk about these things? How do we display them? And then what is the content going to look like around it all? And, and that's really what I wanted. I wanted a partnership. I didn't want to work with a team that was just going to 
email me a JPEG and say, good luck. You know, <laughs> exactly. we, we work hand in hand with that team. And I think we have a really good relationship with them now. That's And that means that when it's time to do this again, there's going to be more new ideas because when you do something annual like this, I think it's, it's hard to keep it fresh. And so we spend a lot of time with them thinking about what could be new and, and pushing it even further. It's just so good. I mean, in the flip side, it's like you can't just set up a peer-to-peer page and just expect this level of engagement, you know, from the yeah. nonprofit. And so yeah. I love, we love celebrating partnerships here and just it's fun to be on this side of it five years in and just see what y'all have done collaboratively. So Stephen, we create space on our podcast to celebrate philanthropy in small moments, big moments. And asking you now to just take us back to a moment in philanthropy in your life that has stuck with you. It could be personal or it could be, you know, something through this podcasting journey? So like 12 years ago, probably we we were very early on in our St. Jude journey with our son. And it was years before, this this actually would have been two years before we even started Relay FM. So I was just St. Jude dad and like my, who would be my business partner? He and I had like a hobby podcast at the time. And uh, St. Jude is something that I'm sure a lot of people have seen during the holiday season you can like round up to the next dollar at Walgreens or whatever, you know, a right. bunch of different things. And they usually have little maybe index card size things with like a picture of a St. Jude patient on it and some, you know, some language and you can sign your name to it. It's like, Hey, I, I gave it this place. So like I said, I'm from Memphis. That's where St. Jude is. That's just happenstance of the universe that it was in my backyard. But I went to lunch one day at a local barbecue place uh, with some friends from work. And I knew this barbecue place had been like a St. Jude supporter, you know, that that's kind of part of their brand almost that, that they are really involved with St. Jude. And so I walk in this place with lunch with some friends and there's about 500 of those little index cards, but it's my kid. He had done a photo shoot and they had used him in some of that material. And I'm not, I'm not a big crier. You know, so that's not really my MO, but y'all, I just like lost it in the lobby of this barbecue place (laughs) because all these, you know, just regular Memphians who were getting barbecue pitched a couple of bucks towards St. Jude after, you know, they paid their bill and they all had written their names on it. And it was, it was overwhelming just to see like, okay, these people who like don't know anything about me or my son, they just know like, Hey, this is an adorable St. Jude kid. uh, We're giving. And that, has always stuck with me that day really telling me and reiterating to me that the work of St. Jude really is universal. And, you know, all that stuff I said over the, this interview, like all stands true that we're building on top of my story in our community and we're, we're working on that engagement, but also that it's way bigger than us. And it was just, it was just a real show-stopping moment in my life walking in that place. And anytime I even drive by it now, I think about it. And just how how amazing it was to see. A little creepy. It's a little weird seeing you know, <laughs> 500 <laughs> pictures of your kid looking back at you. But it was really cool. And it's something that, I, that I, I think about a lot. And I think in a lot of ways with this campaign, I'm sort of always kind of chasing what that day felt like. Oh, Stephen. I mean, that completely underscores what we have seen and what we believe working in this space for more than 20 years, which is philanthropy, generosity is absolutely transcendent. And when you give to something, friends, you know this, it comes back to you tenfold when you put something good out in the world. And I am sure that that barbecue place is one that your family has frequented many times because of that experience. And I just think 
this beautiful legacy of love that Josiah has brought with his life to so many people that is galvanized into 2.2. Actually, I'm going to say 2.3 mm-hmm. because you're already a hundred thousand dollars in is just a beautiful story. And we end all of our shows with a one good thing. It can be a piece of advice. It could be a life hack or a mantra. What one good thing would you leave for our listening audience today? It's something that I've been doing through this fundraiser. As you'd imagine, a, a fundraiser of this scale is like having a full-time job on top of a full-time job. Oh, I'm sure. It's very, uh, <laughs> very busy. But really for me, something that has been key for me through this process each year is when things feel overwhelming, you know, when you've got a bunch of emails from people who are confused about your giving page or someone's, you know, got a question you don't know the answer to, like when those moments of stress come, just trying to center and think about the reason that you're doing it. So for us, it's the life-saving work of this hospital. But whatever your thing is, just coming back to that, centering back on that when the stress comes or the anxiety comes and knowing that that stress and anxiety and the hard work is worth it in the end. Because it's really easy, and I'm, I'm sure y'all have felt this way over the years too, it's so easy to get swept away in the details of a campaign right? It's so easy to, or get sucked in, maybe you're like me, you get sucked into the metrics of a campaign, right? Like, y'all, I've got like pivot tables everywhere, you know, I'm just like (laughs) cracking all this stuff. And that's good and important to know how we're doing. But if I get, if I become about those things, then I'm off mission. And I, I, I try to every day or every couple of days, or in the moments of intense stress, really think about why I am where I am and the the reason for what we're doing. And that has really been a, a, a healthy and good thing for me over the years. You are a purist, my friend. John, and you are you are welcome into John and I's Ridiculous Idealist Club. <laughs> I mean, we believe in it. There are a lot of people in this community who are going to really respond to that. But as we close out, I, I really would like to end with Josiah. And I would love for you to tell us, where is he at today? How's he doing? And what the heck does he think about this thing that his dad has created? <laughs> yeah, so he's he's getting ready to be 15. He doesn't remember his treatment. I mean, he was done with treatment by the time he was about about two. We did um, 18 rounds of chemotherapy at St. Jude, a bunch of oh, surgery, gosh. a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, very traumatic time. But he had, even though he doesn't remember that, He's grown up at St. Jude, right? They, they're doing annual checkups to this day, probably for forever. And so he's been around this his whole life. And so he is always very excited about our fundraiser. Every day when I pick him up from school, the first question is like, what have you raised today? You know, he just wants oh, to know. That's awesome. Oh. So I can tell him when I pick him up today that we, we broke 100,000 because that I think happened this morning after I dropped him off. And so that is fun. Um, but he's doing so well. I mean, that treatment saved his life and he is, he is joyous and fun. He's a great big brother. So we have two other kids younger than him and he's so kind and sweet with them. And he's really good with young kids. Uh, he really has a gift for sort of junior kindergarten and down. We have several young cousins in my family right now, you know, kind of two, three, four, and he's on the floor with them, playing with them, talking with them. And that just does me so much good to see that this kid who got dealt a really bad hand early in life came through it and came through it in a way where he's kind and generous and joyful. I don't know if I could be that way, 
you know, if, if that, if that was my story. So I look at him and I'm, I'm inspired to, to be better. Stephen Hackett, holy cow, what a story you have, your family story, this legacy you're building. Just feel grateful to be in your orbit today. Tell folks how they can connect to you. I mean, you're podcasting all the time. So where can people find you if they want to follow your voice and everything that you're doing online? Sure. Yeah. So all of our shows are at relay.fm. And I'm, I'm on a couple of those weekly. Uh, we work with like 50 great podcasters around the world. So we have a big team now. And uh, it's it's really an honor to get to work with all of them. And uh, you can find me on like, Instagram and threads. I'm ISMH86 over there. So throughout the month of September, we're talking about St. Jude. And then I'll go back to, you know, talking about old computers or nerdy stuff or, uh, <laughs> or you know, I live in the South and it was a post about my pickup truck, you know, can't, can't escape it. Um, but those are the best ways to, uh, to, to find me. Well, kudos to you. Bravo on what you've done. In the 38 minutes we've been talking, you've already raised $800. It's just a machine going (laughs) in the background. I've been watching it tick up. (laughs) Could not be rooting for you more mightily. And thank you for sharing the story and keep going. Can't wait to follow this journey, my friend. So grateful. Yeah, thanks y'all. Thanks so much for being here, friends. And you probably hear it in our voices, but we love connecting you with the most innovative people to help you achieve more for your mission than ever before. We'd love for you to come join our good community. It's free, and you can think of it as the after party to each podcast episode. Sign up today at weareforgood.com backslash hello. And one more thing, if you love what you heard today, would you mind leaving us a podcast rating interview? It means the world to us and your support helps more people find this community. Thanks so much, friends. Can't wait to our next conversation. Rabbit fans have always powered the We Are For Good podcast, but now Rabbit fans can get even more goodness and access by joining Good Friends. It's our listener support community for the We Are For Good podcast. Good Friends comes with perks, exclusive episodes with John and I, including The Good Brief, our new monthly cliff notes of the greatest takeaways and lessons learned from that month, and exclusive AMA episodes where we answer your burning questions and tap our community of experts. Join now or learn more at weareforgood.com backslash friends. We can't wait to see you inside. That's weareforgood.com slash friends.